It's 21st Century Module Man on The Coco Show, episode 41. Hey everybody, welcome to The Coco Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today Aaron, we're talking about Module oh, Man. Oh man, I thought that was me with the role playing stuff. I got tons of those. You know, Module Man's all about getting sent on errands, doing stuff for the king. Yeah. You ever get sent on errands doing stuff for your superiors? Well, everyone is my superior. <laughs> so that happens to me quite a bit, actually. I've done a lot of dirty dog work for people over the years. Everything from, I mean, you know, driving people around, uh, doing mundane stuff, the dishes, taking out other people's garbage. Mm-hmm. I've mowed other people's lawns, crap like that. You ever help anybody move? Oh, man. Everybody, including you. <laughs> including me. And when it's time for me to move, not a sucker around. I think I might move before then. Give me the high sign when you're getting ready that to move. What, so that would cause you to leave town if I decided to move? Trust me, the next time I move, I'm going to hire a bunch of geeks to take care of me. I, I'm done. I'm out. Mm. I said that. Of course, you know, it's a couple months ago, I damaged, violently damaged both Your my shins. legs. Yeah. I've never seen shin damage like that. Oh, man. Had. It's still, I'm still healing. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. Because it, it was a raking of the shins. <laughs> And, and, it's, like and, a, and it, it's a pro wrestling move. It the was old man, the old shin rake. It's funny, skin metal, edged metal, not good. It's not funny good. how that works. Yeah. And what about you? Now, see, you're you're more like the king, and you've got other suckers doing your bidding, including me. I like having subservience around. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. So, what, do you? How do you issue orders without getting killed? What's the secret? Because I can't do it. Um, fun size Snickers. <laughs> It does work on me, come to think of it. Kids will do anything for a fun-sized Snickers. So it's like when those people feed uh, monkeys and stuff with the, uh, with the circus. You mm-hmm. sort of slip one in, and yeah. then, they, then they dance. They dance. Is that what it is? <laughs> That's, I, I'm more of a... I'm more of a uh, I like a baby Ruth. Really? Yeah. You don't hear people talking about baby Ruth anymore. Yeah, I like baby Ruth. The last time I heard somebody talking about baby Ruth was on the Goonies. You know who I like? I like Charlton Chew. Man, that's like a real old person's food. What? What? <laughs> Why? You never, like, okay, you never see an old guy eating a Twix. That's, why? You just don't. I like Twix. Old people don't eat Twix. You want to bet? Stu- they eat stuff like Baby Ruth, Charleston Chew. I like a good Reggie. Bit O Honey. How about a Reggie? They still make those. I don't know what that is. Is that based on Reggie Henderson? No, Reggie, ja- who's Reggie Henderson? Oh, I was thinking about Ricky Henderson. Reggie Jackson. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I thought you liked baseball. <laughs> Listen, you know. You should, do you have someone subservient to you to do all the good thinking? Yes. You better I delegate have, that. You better get a crap load of Snickers <laughs> ready to go, buddy. So it was actually based on Reggie Jackson, Mr. October. Yeah, he had his own candy bar. It was just basically, they took a bunch of, so here's how you make celebrity candy. This is slightly off topic. This is a life hack. But like, yeah, I'm going to give everybody the hint. So what you do is you get you like a, a bowl. Then you put some nougat in there, whatever that is. I don't know what that, it's sugar and you brown it. Then you put some peanuts in it. Mm-hmm. Then you melt a crap with a chocolate. You're done. <laughs> That's your candy bar. You can call it the boat, or the air, and whatever you call it. And that was the red. And you put it, in a, put it in a wrapper. Do you think we need Boat Fest themed candy this year? I, what would you if you could pick a candy to be based that had your name? What would be in it? What's on the in, what do they put on the inside of Three Musketeers? What's that stuff called? Oh, I don't know. It's good though. I yeah. know exactly what it is. I want that. I don't even want the chocolate shell on the outside. Yeah. I just want nothing but that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Just a wad of that. Just a wad of that. Won't keep it from getting all over you. Well, listen, you got to eat it straight out of the package. All of it's crammed in your mouth at once. You know what I would want? When I was a kid, I used to go to like the, 
This is going to date me even further. You used to get the candy counter boat. I knew. I was like, I knew. Was everything a nickel? Would you shut up? And they had these rings, okay? Like a ring pop. No, not, no. I mean, they were like a picture like an onion ring, except it's not an onion ring. It's a chocolate ring. But inside of it, there's just like raspberry jelly in it, sort of. But it's more like, a, it's not really jelly. It's more like a gel, you know, like a... a, a and and then but no, it's not. But it's not. It's not like it's like real loosey goosey. I mean, well, yeah, it's, it's molded a into gel. a gimmick, right? Yeah. And those were good. So if I was gonna name, uh, if there was an Aaron type gimmick, I would have those raspberry Should chocolate they come circles. individually wrapped. No, no. You get like say five or six of the candy chick. The candy chick. Where got is gloves. this candy counter? Well, it, it went out. It went out fifty years ago. <laughs> but, but, they had a candy counter at Sears, at J.C. Penney, all those big stores. And you would go in there, and they'd have, like, little bins for different kinds of candy. Mm. They had, they had like, the chocolate-covered uh, peanut butter. So this was, like, the pick-and-mix over at the uh, at, 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 uh, at A to Z, where no. they have all the, the... It's not like that, because, number one, that stuff's crap. It this was, was fresh was. candy. This, okay. The chick behind the counter, she wasn't just some tubby old broad with gray hair. She was out there making the candy. Really? Because she had to fill those bins up for all the people that came and bought the candy. So this was like the thing in Willy Wonka where there was the guy and he well, was churning them out. I'm was, not talking yeah. about in the factory. I'm talking about the candy yeah. man. And, and then, but you'd go and get these things. But you ever heard of Bridge Mix? Yeah, you I can love get that the, They had that fresh. All oh. this stuff. See, the stuff you get at the store, it's not, not fresh. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, I mean, it doesn't matter to me because I'm a fat guy. But I mean, candy's better when it's like fairly. Oh, I understand. Within the year. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> you know, and it was better. But those little raspberry gimmicks, mm-hmm. that'd be my candy. You caught the air. We got to figure out what those are actually called. I want to try one. I of think those. I think the correct name is raspberry gimmick. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> you can look. Somebody Google. A lot of times they incorporate wrestling carny lingo. Somebody in look candy up. Names. Somebody Google raspberry gimmick. It comes right up. What are we What are we doing here? Yeah, nobody knows in the chat what the thing in the middle of Three Musketeers is either. I don't either. I don't know what that is. It's good though. It's good. I wonder what they say on the, I bet on the bar it says something. They can't just say chocolate-covered stuff. They make a, a big thing. deal about it being low-fat. Whenever you see it, it's like low-fat. Low, low, low low-fat? I don't really understand it either, but that's what they say. <laughs> the lie. That's a straight-up lie right there, bro. <laughs> all right, Aaron. Module man. <laughs> that's all you need to know. That's a good lead-in, Boat. It's module man, y'all. Boat, had you ever in your whole life heard of module man? Well, apparently we played it. <laughs> That was, I, that was my And it made line. such an impression on me that I did not remember it. Yeah, me and Boat actually played Modular Man for the first time during our uh, ill-fated, uh, we hook a bunch of crap to the Coco stream, where we actually did successfully get voice work after mm. a, a nervous breakdown or six. <laughs> and this was a game we gave a shot. Uh, Module Man, now, this had a double release. It got released over here, and then a whole different outfit released from the Dragon. So let's talk about the English side of it first. I went to the... Uh, well, the American side first, then we'll get to the British side. So, over in the States, this was uh, published by my favorite outfit, the Spectral Associates mm. boat. You we, like them even more than, uh, who was the, who did you do that stream on, the, the Coco stream that was all the same publisher? Actually, I've done a couple of those now. Okay. One was on, I think I did Tom Mixon one, I did another one on, uh, I can't remember. But anyway. The other one's what I'm thinking This of. This outfit, again, we talked about them a little bit before, but uh, Spectral Associates at Tacoma, Washington. Uh, they've done uh, Soko Bond download, 
see if you can guess what this was named after. Lunar Rover Patrol. Mm. <laughs> Space Race, Planet Invasion, Galax Attacks with X's. <laughs> Lots of X's. A game that was very popular back in the day. Madness and the Minotaur. Ooh. Uh, uh, Android Attack, Pingon. You can guess Alcatraz 2, Alpha Search, and Beam Rider, and a okay. bunch of other stuff. Uh, so that's who did it in the States. Now, uh, this came out in the States in 84 uh, and was for a Coco with 32K. All right, so if you had 32K, you're golden. Uh, this, uh, so you couldn't run this on an original release, uh, Coco 1, right? It was not unless it had 32K. Yeah, you had to have 32K. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, uh, cost, according to the magazines, boat, $24.95. Now, I mentioned this earlier, uh, and I'll mention it again. Uh, the uh, the magazines I read have this listed as a disc release because mm-hmm. and the disc twenty four ninety five. I think that's usually their disc price. Uh, however, this was also released over in the UK for the Dragon uh, thirty two Dragon sixty four again because they can run it, uh, and it was released by Micro Deal. Which mm-hmm. I'm always wondering about that name because that doesn't mean like very tiny deal. Well, at least you're getting the deal. Why is it Jumbo at least, Deal? At least it's not Micro Screw. Micro- <laughs> I think I've had that too. Uh, this was released a cassette over there and was eight pounds. What it's so we got really got jobbed out. Listen, I, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. Coco software off the charts expensive. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked about that. It's not that bad. Eight pounds, that's not bad. No, I'm talking about here. Oh yeah, we are getting here. jobbed out. Yeah. Uh, this was written by a guy in a program, I should say by a guy named Ryan Olson, all right? He's done two other games I could find, aside from Module Man. Do you think he's the twins' dad? I don't think so. By the way, I tried to find stuff on Ryan Olson. I couldn't find Jack Squat. I couldn't find anything else he'd done. I couldn't find any personal information. I couldn't find nothing. So we don't know that he's not the twins' dad. It, he never know. Yeah, I guess, the t- no, really, the time frame would be tough. 84, 85, the twins were born well after. I mean, I guess he could pull it off. Yeah, huh? he could do it. Hey, you never know. Um, anyway, he wrote, see if you can pick these games out, he wrote Devious and Kicks, Q-I-K-S, mm. Kicks, so, which I've played both those, and they're pretty good games. He's a master of the homage. Listen, everyone in the Coco had a gimmick, <laughs> and that was the gimmick, boat. So, the uh, ad for this says, uh, guide module man through 15 rooms of the evil sorcerer's dungeon in search of, of the king's sword. So this is riveting stuff here. 15 screens give this game never-ending excitement, 32K, and joystick required. And that last part is pertinent, Bo, yes, isn't it? Yes, Explain to the people why. Well, when you start this game, you have to choose whether you want to use the voice pack or not. And you have to make that choice with an analog stick. Right. I went all over the keyboard. I was pressing everything. I held down shift and control and was pressing things. You can't do anything without a joystick. That's true. That's what do you true. think about the choice? You know, this is a this is a uh, a, a Coco game, a computer game. Yeah. Not everybody had a joystick. You know, back in the day. That's true. What do you think about the artistic choice of requiring a joystick for a game like Module Man? You know, it's funny. Every once in a while, you'd come across a game like this in the Coco where they'd required a joystick, and it always burnt me up. I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you, because this game. Would have played five. Listen, we, we, hey, guess what? We host R. Sinclair, right? ZX Spectrum. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if they'd required a joystick on the ZX? There'd be a riot. Yeah. That would never happen. Never. And there's no reason 
to require a joystick in games. That's always been baffling to me. Uh, I mean, I, I guess mean, there are a few well, games like are, analog control well, like games. Like double back, you should probably double, have a joystick. But I mean, but still, it, you don't have to require it. Yeah. Really, I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, but this game does. It requires it. So, as we mentioned in the, the description from the back of the box, you play Module Man, and your job is to go in here and get the King's Sword. Now, this game features a lot of screens, which is impressive. It's a, this is a flip screen exploration game mm -hmm. in the true British tradition. I don't know where Mr. Olsen is from, but I, this game was very, to me, I thought this was quite a British game. This is very reminiscent yeah. of Super Robin Hood, the, uh, the, 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 the Oliver Twins game. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. I had thought about that for a while. It's reminiscent of a lot of the games we played on the Spectrum in terms of it's a mult, it's a flip screen game, and there's a lot of weird floating crud around. Mm -hmm. There's there are multiple enemies in this game. In fact, uh, there are I think it's got a list that here. I think there's like five enemies uh, in the game. Here we go. There are twenty. There are twenty five objects to find. Uh, five of which Module Man can carry around. These are stuff like keys. Uh, there are uh, other stuff which is points. Uh, there are 15 rooms, like we mentioned, and there are five bad guys. Two of the bad guys fly, and the other three walk, roll, or crawl. Right? Include there's like a tank. Mm -hmm. There's like a weird Pac-Man mm -hmm. guy. There's some birds. There's, there's some turtle. turtles. Mm -hmm. So, in this game, you are Module Man. You run around uh, on these one-screen uh, platform areas that have stuff like uh, ladders, and ledges, and you run back and forth, jump back and forth to gather up these objects, and they're all in the quest to get the king's sword. Now, uh, you'll notice that there are doors, hither and yarn, and you have to go uh, get the keys to go into various doors to advance further. However, there are open areas for you right away, uh, pretty easy to run around right away, and there are even screens where you don't have to go in a door to go to the next screen. You can just sort of, there's a the ledge will like continue. So it's an interesting game in terms of the moving around. Uh, one thing you'll learn about Module Man, though, he is he can't take any sort of fall. Well, that's not exactly true. All right, I'm waiting to hear this. Okay, in a lot of games of this ilk, if you fall even a little bit, it's instant death. Yeah. Okay, Module Man can take a fall. He just loses some life. Right. In this game, you get an energy bar that stretches across, nearly across the top of the screen, the, the, whole, the whole width. And depending on what kind of damage you take, you take a certain amount of hits. So if Module Man falls, you know, a, a, any, a, a any bit at all, any bit at all, he's going to take at least one right. pip of damage. Okay. If he, if, if he falls a long way, he's going to take more. If he gets hit by an enemy, he's going to take a lot more. Um, I actually don't think this is a bad thing. Well, it's, it's, I'll put it this way. If this game had been on the life system and this, and your guy would have, Die when he, every time he fell, you'd be dead instantly. But I mean, there's tons of games that are like that. Right. Enter I'm, Donkey Kong. Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. I'm like you. I think. I thank God they had a system with yeah. a life meter because otherwise this game would have been unplayable, mm -hmm. unplayable. Because this game is is not easy to get get around. Anytime you fall anywhere, you take damage. Even if it's just off the bottom of a ladder, a smidge, mm -hmm. right? On top of that, the enemies, this thing ain't kidding. They crawl, they roll, they jump, they fly. 
and they're on you, and you, and they, they will hound you, and they're also cunningly positioned to give you trouble in a lot of these levels. A lot of the levels are just tough to navigate uh, in general. Now, we should mention that Module Man has some moves, uh, uh, sort of. So he can basically, he can jump sideways, he can you know, jump left and right. He can also uh, shoot. Did you know that? You get some shooting in, and he can climb up and down ladders. Uh, you have to navigate your way through doors. It's funny, I'm, I've got the docks pulled up here. One of the first things I had trouble with was just getting into doors. Did you have that trouble when well, you started? The trouble with Module Man is that this game is a series of doors that are locked and unlocked. Yeah. And you never, the, the game does not give you any hints about which doors are locked and which ones no. aren't. And so you're just never sure, is this an unlocked door or have I not mounted the door correctly to open it? You're, listen, I'm glad you brought that up because you're dead on. You don't know what the scoop is on these doors. And when you have, it's not like the doors just lined up like in a hall. You might have to kill yourself to get to a door. And then once you get there, if you can't go in, even if you have a key, you're just like, it's brutal. Right. And according to the documentation, to go through a door, you position Module Man in front of the door and move the joystick up. That sounds easy. It's not. Sometimes you'll move the joystick, especially if it's near a ladder or something. It could cause problems. Sometimes you, the door's locked, and sometimes it just doesn't seem to register right. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll admit, the Black Beauty is a harsh mistress, as we both know. Uh, but... Uh, normally I don't have this much trouble. They could have made the doors... Here's what I would have done. When you get to a door, if you've got the key, you just go in. Mm -hmm. As right. opposed to making you do right. something. And if, you, and if you don't have the key, you can walk in front of a door and nothing happens. Yeah, so that that's something I would have changed. Now, with all that said, because we've been sort of burying the game, and the game also has your patented this will work on either machine type graphics. Mm -hmm. They're the 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 background colors are solid whites and 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 greens and the foreground stuff are your yellows and blues. It's an interlaced. Uh, That's deal. right. Uh, so, but I mean, it's still it's legible. You can tell what's happening generally most yeah, of the time. Yeah, the graphics are perfectly serviceable. Yeah, the graphics are fine. This I, I read that this is actually one of the bigger games released for the uh, the Cocos back in the day. Uh huh. And you can understand why. Uh, uh, it does, it's not a joke. It has 15 different screens. Each screen is, it's, it's, I mean, for all intents and purposes, each screen is almost like a full, ga full game of some of these other games we've mm -hmm. played. There's a whole, you know, it's like a Donkey Kong that would have 15 levels, basically, on the Coco. Uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the levels are, I would say the design on them is pretty good. I found it challenging. The guy that put this together, Olsen, he knew... He wanted to put you through the ringer, and so he would put stuff in difficult spots. He'd make you do a lot of back and forth jumping, about traveling back and forth across stuff, jumping for ladders that were cut off, stuff like that. Uh, I would call the control aside from the doors. I would call the control okay. Uh, I would not call this Jumpman level control based on the imagination, but it's not horrible. Mm -hmm. It's not like the control kills the game. Uh, you do pick up lots of stuff. Most of it's for points. Uh, but some of it's not. A lot of keys. Um, how did you fare in this thing, Boat? Well, it's hard to know, really. <laughs> it is. Um, you, the, this game is um, the the items, uh, much like the Interbank incident, the items in this game are procedurally generated. They're randomly generated. So uh, you could walk into the second room that you go into and find a key, 
and be able to explore a whole different part of the game. But then when you die, that key may not be there and you may never get another key. And so you're end up, you end up going to another place. This is a game where it kind of reminded me, actually, to be honest with you, it was like a 2D side-on version of Seamus. Remember that game, Seamus? I do remember Seamus, yeah. You know, you're, you're exploring all of these different rooms and you're essentially just trying to survive while to in, in find keys. You know, the, the vast, vast majority of the items that I found were all point-based items. Every once in a while, I'd find a key, but not very often. I never found anything that wasn't a key that I could pick up. Never. And I played uh, this a lot. Isn't there like a uh, something, something that looks like a shield? I did see there, that. There could be, but I never... I, I found that's all kinds else of that's hard to differentiate. Yeah, I mean, I'm not 100 sure what some of this. Stuff and I was. read the docs in this game. Yeah, and you know, I really, I don't understand why they they put so many items in the game that just were essentially useless. Other well, points, that's all. But I mean, like in, in a game where you're gathering items, you know, for example, like if you think about another computer game like uh, ET Phone Home, you know, you're gathering items so ET can build his ship. Yeah. In this game, you're gathering items to bring back to the king. If you want to, they should have made all the items gatherable, and you got points for them by br to bring them back to the king. You know, I felt like that part of the game was pretty poorly designed. I have no qualms with the level design. I think that you know there's a, there's a significant amount of challenge in a lot of the rooms, but it's not insurmountable. You certainly get a lot of chances to improve. You know, whenever you, it's it's a little bit difficult to die. I felt like I was able to have a pretty long game with with the life that was given to me, which is good. That's what you want. It's an exploration game. Um, I just think my biggest problem with it was the doors, the lack of keys. They should have made keys more readily available. And even if you're if you're if you randomize some of the items, they shouldn't have randomized the keys. I just feel like that really hampers your your want to play again. Because, like I said, I went through whole sections of this game where I just couldn't find any keys, and I was just I was stuck, and I couldn't figure out where to go next. Um, if they would have differentiated what doors were locked and what doors were unlocked, that would have made a big difference. And um, you know, finally, I know it's hard to kill the cocoa on sound. This game has some of the worst sound I've ever heard come out of the game. It does support the speech pack. Well, I'm glad that it does, but that can't excuse the horribleness that is the sound design. It just makes game. that uh, official Coco noise, a little squelchy yeah, noise. It's, yeah. it's a strange noise. I would have, I, I just, I feel like, because we play a lot of Coco games, and most yeah. of the time the sound doesn't bother me, but it got to me in this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, first of all, again, with the keys, the door locked doors, that would have been good. Now, according to the manual, it says that you'll need objects to get through doors. Okay, it doesn't necessarily say keys. So my assumption is that some of the objects you pick up may be needed to get some places. Okay. That's a guess. Now listen, that's a guess. Because I did not fare all that well. You'd think with a health bar that went across the screen, you'd be killing it. Mm -hmm. Well, you're wrong. It's not an easy game. Um, even with the health bar at, at full blast, it was difficult. I do like, listen, this is a uh, ambitious game. Uh, I like the fact that there are all these screens. I think that's great. I like the fact that someone put the, took the time to, to make all these different levels. Uh, the multiple enemies is fine. I, I like, like the way that this, the colors also cycle throughout the yeah, room. So, so you don't get too burned right, into. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, the colors are garish. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they, but that, it I mean, is it's what the it is. Yeah. yeah. So... There are, there's a lot. In fact, I'm not killing this game. Newsflash. I, I think it's an okay game. 
it's a game I would come back to, but there are a couple things that give me pause, and we've mentioned a couple of them. The can overall control, this is not a game that the Black Beauty is what I would call made for. This would be a lot better. This would be exponentially better if you could use the keyboard. So well, I played this, most of the time I played this, I played this on the Coco 3 with the deluxe joystick. Yeah. And having that self-centering stick helped a ton. Yeah, because I, I was not enjoying my time with the Black Beauty on this one. Uh, with all, and also, I emulated this one as well. Uh, we should mention that emulation on this is a, a little wonky. I had a little bit of trouble, but I ended up getting it to work in X-Roar, I think it was, for an emulation purposes. Uh, if, and this is one where emulate it's not the worst idea. If you can set the joystick up the way you want, it mm-hmm. wouldn't be the worst idea. Uh, but I like the ambition of it. The, I will say the sound, from what I were, me and Bo played this with the sound thing, and I don't remember the sound being anything, except for some arbitrary stuff. Your mileage may vary on the speech thing. Uh, but I appreciate the effort of them putting it in there. Yeah. And I know I know that uh, uh, the Spectral Associates pushed this uh, as a feature mm-hmm. on, uh, on, uh, on, the, on its advertisements for it. So they were, I think they liked having stuff with the speech pack in it. So if you add the speech pack in, plus the 15 levels, plus the ambition, get yourself a, a tighter controller, like Boat's got the Deluxe, I think you're in business. By the way, one of those Deluxe sticks is coming my way at Coco Ooh, Fest, nice. brother. Nice. Uh, they've, already, they've already got me set up. Uh, so I'll be getting some deluxe joystick. It's a little tougher without that. But I, I give this one an okay score. It's definitely worth playing, but you're going to have to get used to it, and you're going to have to adjust to it. And then after you do all that, you may or may not like it, Boat. Um, I did not find any of these listed on eBay uh, on for either uh, computer. I found nothing. I found no history of them being listed. So I'm guessing that this game is a fairly obscure game. Uh, I didn't really see any reviews for this game. Yeah, the ice people haven't covered it. I don't know if it got covered in the magazines, but I didn't see it. Did we get any Discord on this thing? We did. We did. Uh, Mr. Dave says, seems like a really old Coco 1 game. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, riveting one day. <laughs> Nothing Dave. here to hold my interest in 2023. Not sure why turtles are shooting at me. <laughs> I've often wondered that myself. <laughs> L. Curtis Boyle writes a mini-review. He says, Module Man is a fun game that wasn't really advertised well by Spectral Associates at all. It's a little too pixel perfect on some of its jumps by modern standards, but not the worst one I've played, even excluding European games. Switching the color palettes depending on which room you're in makes the game more varied, as is the figuring out keys and doors. The ending, if he remembers correctly, has a cool fireworks display. That would be fun to see. My only disappointment is that while they did use the sound speech pack for speech, they could have had background music like Pitfall 2, but didn't. The only improvement would be a patch to support the second button on a Coco 3 and use it for going through doors. Oh, that would be a good addition. Get on that, Curtis. I give it a solid 7.5 out of 10. Hey, listen, that's a good idea right yeah. there, Boat. The second button, that'd be dandy, Boat. So, yeah, an interesting title. And by the way, it missed the, there's one other thing I would like to have seen added, which is room names. Listen, you could have done it. You yeah. have room up there. Yeah. I know you love I think both. people in the U.S. didn't realize that was a thing do at you, the time. You know, do you say, are we assuming that this guy is a USA guy? 100%. He's a USA guy. I can tell. You, your USA sense is tingling? Yeah. Oh, God. Let's tingle right out the door, boat. Are you ready to take the plunge into the exciting world of the Tandy Color Computer? Have you tried emulation and found it to be confusing and unreliable? What the hell is Bitbanger? 
it's time to get yourself a real cocoa and get yourself over to RetroRewind.ca to get it out with everything you need to enter the cocoa universe. The Coco SDC is the fastest, easiest way to jump into the nirvana that is gaming on the Tandy Color computer. A preloaded SD card is already included, so just pop it in your Coco and away you go. Pick up your Coco SDC at Retro Rewind and be sure to use the promo code AMIGOS10 to save 10% off the already low price. Thank you to RetroRewind.ca for sponsoring the Coco Show. There you go, Boat. Yeah. Good stuff. So I've heard that there are some rumblings. There's some new things going on in the cocoa scene here. And tell us about them. You know, I know a guy, a special guy. His name is Happy Coding, ZX, if you will, or ZX for the States. Happy, if you, I, I don't know how many people who listen to this show know about Happy's work. He does a lot of original titles on the ZX Spectrum that are dandy, including uh, one called Shays Max, in which we... Uh, me and Brent, at least, uh, inspired somewhat by discovered on, on the uh, ARG Presents show. And Happy has just uh, shown me footage of one of his ZX Spectrum games that has been he's ported over to the Coco. And it's, it's his Asteroids game. Now, I've played this on the ZX. It's quite good. I've seen the footage of it on, uh, on, the, uh, on the Coco, and it looks great. I mean, and I'm hoping, I'd love to see... Uh, I'd love to see Happy take a stab at bringing some of his unique uh, talent over here to the Coco that he's been giving all the ZX people because he's done a lot of great stuff. Also, uh, uh, oh, he I just got he didn't he didn't it was he helped port it and his friend also worked on it, which is I believe I'm pronouncing this right. You want to try that? Uh, that's Pierre Sorol. Pierre Sorol. Now oh, I asked Happy. I said, "Listen, what is it? How hard is it to port this stuff?" And he was like, I mean, for me and you, <laughs> I know, I know. But for but for someone that's talented, it's it, apparently it's somewhat doable. Okay. And so hopefully, we'd love to see some more stuff come along. It's always good to have more original action on the Coco. And we should mention, speaking of original action on the Coco boat, that we'll be... Heading to a special event with the Coco. Tell the people about this event. So in less than one month, or maybe a little no. bit more than one month, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be about two months. Yeah. We're going to Coco Fest. We're going to Chi-Town, even though it's not actually in Chicago. Oh, We're going good. to the Chicagoland area. Yeah. And uh, we will be uh, there to mix and mingle. And uh, we are going to um, have some goodies, some uh, Amigos Retro Gaming goodies to pass out. Uh, and we hope to meet all the fine folks that uh, we see so often on uh, The Nation and uh, and also really stick it to those guys on the Coco Crew. No, Finally. no, would you stop with that? What? We like those guys. Listen, ever since that thing went down with the Ram board. Listen, uh, you don't know what you're talking about, Bo. We like that. It's going to be a lot of fun. In fact, uh, is this the first non-wrestling outing for the Amigos. It's the first non-wrestling event we've ever attended. That's how wacky is that? And it's going to be a Coco, uh, Coco, I guess it's Boat Fest count, sort of. Listen, so we're going to, Friday night, we're going to, we're going to roll in as early as possible on Friday. And, uh, and then on Friday night, we're going to take part in the official Retro Rewind dinner. Oh, yeah? Yes. There's a, there's a sort of a gala that Frank is throwing for a select few. Uh-huh. Okay. Then on I'm Saturday, I'm not gonna sit too close to Frank. I get to then that. on Saturday, give him his reason. <laughs> it's all cocoa all the time. Yeah. Until the jam session starts. Whenever I see Curtis 
pull his amp out of the back of his truck, we're gonna we're gonna vacate. Yeah, and we're gonna drive to the Galloping Ghost Arcade. Well, you know, well, wait a minute, and I then, thought you'd want to set it on that. Listen, with your I've heard skills. I've heard tales from some of the guys in the nation. Yeah, those guys about have, that jam session. Those guys have talent. We don't want to be part of that. Oh, okay, so we're going to the Galloping Ghost. If you want to accompany us yeah. to the the largest retro arcade in the Midwest. We're going to play all of those games we've always wanted to play, but That'd haven't had fun. a chance to. You yeah. know that Atari uh, hologram game? Yeah. They've got that there, and oh, it yeah. works. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Atari made one? Yeah. Time it's, Cop or whatever. You mean, you're talking about the Holoceum game for Sega? No. This is, made by, this is made by Atari. I, I've seen that. That almost sounds good to me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to every part of it, because I've got Coco Goodies waiting for me at this. Yeah. They've already been reserved. I just got to pay. I got to come up with the money to pay for them and uh, pay for everything else. I'll be ready to rock and roll. Sounds Should good. Should be a lot of fun. We're going to see all of our Coco people. It's Coco Fest, the last one for sure this year. Mm-hmm. And the Amigos are going to be in the house boat. Absolutely. So, Aaron, what are we going to be playing next week? Let's find out. Because I just found out that God only knows. Bam. Dragon Slayer. Who knew? Oh, wait. It's Dragon Slayer. That, yeah, have you ever played this one, Boat? No, never. This was uh, voted upon by our fine, upstanding selection right. committee. The Coco Game Selection Committee voted almost overwhelmingly to uh, to hand the title to Dragon Slayer, which I misspelled on the Coco Game I Selection s- Committee. <laughs> Although Dragon Slayer sounds pretty good. He's a very clever dragon. Yeah, it's a stealth game. Oh, so, Get it out. Anyway, we hope you'll join us next month for the next edition of the Coco Show. We want to thank all of our patrons. You know, Aaron, there's so many people that make the Coco Show happen. Yeah. And uh, we want to thank them by reciting their names. We're going to start with the Coco Game Selection Committee. They are made up of Canadian Retro Things, L. Curtis Boyle, Robert Murphy, and Steve Rasmussen. All fine men. They are the movers and shakers. And then we also have, of course, our Coco supporters, and our Coco supporters, Aaron, let's go a quick roll call to Mr. Dave6309, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Buttons, and William Becker. Thank you guys so much for supporting the Coco Show. If you want to yep. throw us a couple bucks, uh, patreon.com slash the Coco Show. Now, Aaron, uh, before we leave, I just wanted to say... It's been a great show. You know, I know you were fearing talking about Module Man, but I felt like we stayed on topic... The whole time, it was nothing but golden module man conversation. I thought it was just Andy Boat. <laughs> all right, guys. It's freestyle, everyone. We'll see you next time. And until then, all hail. Oh, Curtis Boyle. Oh, oh I'm going to hell oh. in person. <laughs>